This is A New Angle, a show about cool people doing awesome things in and around Montana. I'm your host, Justin Angle. This show is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. Hey folks, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. Today we bring you part two of my conversation with Jeff Shapiro, a professional adventure athlete whose many pursuits include climbing, hang gliding, paragliding, and wingsuit base jumping. Everything is good if you look at it from the right angle because it leads to personal growth. And um, life is that. It's not good or bad or hard or, or easy. It's just life, you know. We discuss risk, uncertainty, the seasons of life, and many other matters of consequence. And let's talk a little bit more about the notion of risk and consequence. You know, you don't have to be jumping off of a cliff to be engaged in something with consequence. You know, you are a parent. You are a spouse. Like there are moments with your partner uh, or people you have deep relationships with that are moments of consequence. Like this is real. I need to be present. I need to say the right things. I need to listen with intention all of these sorts of things. So there are interpersonal dynamics that are similarly of consequence. How do you think about those moments? What lessons have you learned from your experiences with human flight that, that transfer over to your, your, your interactions with people and relationships? Yeah, well, I mean, you said a lot there. And I think a lot of what you said was, was not only straight truth, but also was pretty heavy, right? Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, what's worse? I mean, dying's easy, right? Like, you know, when someone dies, they don't, they're not feeling any loss or pain. They're, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And well, I don't really know what happens, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. My my point is, is that, you know, having a bad relationship, like in, in my estimation, and like I said, I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but just in my own eyes, having a bad relationship with my daughter would be worse than death, you know? And so there is risk in relationships. There is risk in, in every aspect of life. And that risk is, no more or less than, you know, the risk of death. I, I think risk and consequence is is something to be considered in all aspects of life. And I know that for me, what it boils down to is what we were talking about before, really judging what matters and what doesn't, you know, as, a, as an example, in relation with um, my, my daughter again, you know, it's obviously it's not what I um, can do for her. It's what I teach her to do for her, for, you know, for herself. And so when she asked me, um, a question, I try and be a guide, but I can't control her. I'm not, I'm not in control of her. I'm just, um, a resource for her that loves her a ton. Right. And so, you know, I risk her making a mistake that has consequence by not doing it for her, sure. but in the end, doing it for her does her no favors. Right. So I don't know, I, I've tried as hard as I can to learn as much as I can about what matters and what doesn't. And also, I think trying to figure out solutions with through encouragement and empowerment, as opposed to judgment, that, that's also come from the, the passions in my life or, or obsessions regardless, because I know what feels good and what doesn't when I was a student of those things. And I I would, you know, I try and have a beginner's mind every day. So I'm still a student of all of those things. But, but in the same sense, I think when people view risk, they view risk as this like danger to self thing, but risk is everywhere. And I think that 
the only way we can grow, or at least the, the fastest way and the most healthy way to grow is to risk. When you risk, you, you learn a lot. And sometimes those lessons can be kind of hard. And, and yeah. sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, like, like the saying goes, depth comes from darkness, you know, sometimes those hard times will, um, will turn on the light in a way that, that makes the rest of your life a lot more meaningful. You know, I, I don't know if that answers your question. But. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it makes me think like all of these kind of themes, they kind of, they, they, they roll together. And, and one thing that, I'd be curious to get your take on is, you know, this, this notion of uncertainty, you know, any, any activity with risks involves a ton of uncertainty, varying degrees of consequence. When you are, you know, when you approach a jump or any consequential activity, you have to have an expect, or I would assume you have to have an expectation of success. I'm not going to, to take this next step unless I, I've done all the things I need to do to prepare and I expect to be successful. Yet at the same time, you are engaging in something with a high amount of inherent uncertainty in it. How do you kind of balance your expectation of success versus the uncertainty of what you're engaging in? Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's definitely one that I've thought about a lot. And it's it's interesting that you brought it up. This is like this um, this argument between the two sides, right? You're yeah. For me, I... I say things or, you know, whatever, preach things in my own head about always making, when it comes to risk, at least always making decisions based on logic and not emotion. You know, I, I should jump and I want to jump are two different things. Right. And, um, doing like, as an example, doing a, a wingsuit base jump because I want to, well, that's not a good enough reason. Yeah. I mean, sometimes no matter what I want, it's just not right. Whereas I should or shouldn't has to do with, you know, my level of experience or the limitations that are involved, the conditions, whatever. And um, trying to make those decisions based upon logic means that I'm trying to give myself the most confident chance to be successful in an activity where as we spoke of there's not a whole lot of room for error and the error means loss of life or or definitely you know a life-changing injury if not life-ending uh, you you better be sure right okay but on, on the flip side of that you can't be sure of anything ever right never. like perfect and secure these are words that like mean nothing they just made up right and so you can never be sure and that, if I was truthful, that's part of the fun, you know? Yeah, you, has to be. Exactly. And so, you know, the, the best adventures are the ones that you don't know what's going to happen. Adventures of, of real and true uncertainty are so rare in our world. And I've said this before, it's also where the, where the magic is. Joseph Campbell says, you know, in the hero's journey, like, the best adventures are these adventures where you don't know what's around the next corner, but you're probably ready for it, you know? Yes. And um, doing things that you didn't know that you can do and overcoming situations where, you know, you have no idea what the outcome might be are these like true big step growth moments. And also they, they show you in stark form what you're made of and Again, it's hard to be upset about traffic when, you know, you're sitting on a ledge at 20,000 feet laughing with your climbing partner about whether or not that storm is going to be as gnarly as, as you think it's going to be, you know? And I just, 
it, when it, when things are put into perspective on that level, I always just find that I end up seeing the world in a way where I pay attention to what I have instead of what I don't have. Sure. To me, that like humility, gratitude thing, like those, th- they truly are the ingredients for the best meal, you know, like my life is definitely better when I think about how lucky I am is, you know, whatever. It's not just a cliche statement. Like that's something that I, I focus on every day is like, wow, I am so lucky to be here uh, with the people that I get to share time with and, and uh, to experience the things that I get to experience, even if they're bad, right? It's like that whole stoic thing. Everything is good if you look at it from the right angle because it leads to personal growth. And um, life is that. It's not good or bad or hard or crazy. It's just life, you know? And so as you have gotten older, you know, your, your life generally for, for folks as they age gets a little bit more complicated. We acquire things like families and homes and responsibilities and just complexity and more to lose in a way. And you've lost many friends in the mountains. How has your approach to these activities changed as you've become a father, as you've had more responsibilities in your life? And how have you managed choices around those responsibilities? Well, you know, it's funny, like losing friends, it's a subject that I've talked about a lot. And I, um, it, you know, it's hard to even, like, I've kind of graduated to this point where there, it's, there's not much of a loss, you know, I yeah. got to, I, I definitely celebrate the fact that I got to share time with these amazing humans and be influenced in such a positive way yeah. that I wouldn't be who I am today without their influence. And in that way, they kind of live forever, not through me or through anybody else per se, but just that, you know, they're still here in that way. And then also, you know, loss is kind of a funny term, but I just, I actually just heard a interview with a, with this guy, Arthur Brooks. Do you know who Arthur yeah. Brooks is? Yeah. Happiness yes. scholar, Harvard business school professor. Exactly. Exactly. Guy started out as a, as a French horn player and, um, and then ended up working or starting a think tank in DC. And now he, he is a professor at Harvard and teaches happiness basically. Mm-hmm. And his point, I think, and one that I've adopted is, is that if, you know, life is an investment, which it is, then the only currency that matters is love, you know? Yes. And it's, it's taken a long time for me to get there because experience mattered so much and adventure mattered so much and following my dreams and goals and, and, you know, even graduating through being goal driven and into process driven, it was still about all of these other things. But now at this stage, I mean, I'm 47. I still enjoy doing all those things. I still surf every day. I still love to fly. I flew already this afternoon. You know, I still love adventure and still have some, some cool adventures in mind, but, but I definitely have gotten to a point in my life now where I do feel that I feel like, you know, at one time the fallback, if everything else failed, there was like a savings account, right. Or, or, you know, whatever, a place to live or whatever you might think the fallback is love, you know? And if you have that in your life, whether it's with your kids or your partner or friends or, you know, whatever, if you have that, a love for nature, whatever, then that's the fallback. Everything else can go away. And really, if you think about it, like Arthur Brooks says, the rest of it's just fluff. It's just fluff. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we try and be kind to other people. Uh, we love hard and we hopefully get um, loved in return. And um, at the end of the day, if you can make a, 
you know, a positive influence, if you can be a positive influence on other people, not to say that that has to be your life goal, you can be an introvert and still do that. Then, then you're living well, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, what else do we have, you know, like, like cars and all that other shit, like, you can't take it with you. Like, none of that matters, you know, just the relationships that we have with the people we care about. That's it. Love and the relationships we have with the people we care about. That That's the lesson. Yeah, it is so interesting. The Arthur Brooks stuff, like love being the currency of the, the investments you make in life. It's also love is something you have to invest in as well. We have to make choices to you know, earn the love of others, um, give love to others. Does that resonate? Do you have anything to say about that? For sure. I mean, you know, what you put into the universe, you get tenfold. That cliche term is so true. I mean, especially if you do it without expectation, right? Like if you give without uh, expecting anything in return with no expectations, then it's been my experience at least that, um, that that you get it back a hundred times over. And I'm not talking about the same thing or whatever. It's just Sometimes it's just a feeling, a feeling of being proud that, that you um, helped somebody. Sometimes it's very tangible. Like, you know, you do something nice for somebody and the next day, uh, like the most amazing thing ever falls into your lap somehow. I don't know how that all works. I just know that um, if I genuinely try and be kind uh, and giving and um, encourage and empower instead of judge, then my life just seems to like be... <laughs> I don't even know, man. I just feel so psyched all the time. I just, I can't believe how lucky I am, you know? And I, it's funny. It's like, that. it's not to say that everything's good, you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I have trials and tribulations like everybody else and we have hard times and, and um, whatever. I got stuff to deal with and there's stress and there's all kinds of things. It's not like everything's fluffy all the time. That's not even it. But Again, I can, the only thing I can control is the way that I react to things, right? So if something terrible happens, it's terrible when you choose it to be terrible, you know? And, you know, emotions are emotions. You're going to feel what you feel. They're not right or wrong. They just are. But you do get to choose how to behave, you know? And so, like, figuring again what you have as opposed to what you don't have and trying to move in a direction of solution instead of pointing a finger and blaming and, moving towards kindness and love as opposed to being hung up on being bitter about what someone, you know, you perceived someone's done to you or whatever, whatever that might be. One road is negative and the other road is positive. And if you live um, trying to walk continually towards that positive side, then um, I think the best things in life just seem to continue to happen and and be presented and, and available, you know? We'll be back to our conversation with Jeff Shapiro after this short break. A New Angle is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and UM's College of Business. Access to capital, broadband, and education are three ingredients any community needs for success. Hi, this is Kelly Webster, Chief of Stuff at the University of Montana, and you're listening to A New Angle. Welcome back to New Angle. We're talking about risk and consequence with Jeff Shapiro. Jeff, in our remaining time, I'd love to talk about some of the transitions you've made in life recently 
in the last little bit, you've moved to the Oregon coast. You're taking what you described as a pause from wingsuit base jumping. Talk about kind of your relationship to sport right now, your your, your move of geography or your relocation and re-engagement with the ocean, um, hearkening back to your time in Hawaii, I'm sure. When, when I was just a youngster, a little grommet, m- most of my friends had, you know, posters of cars or, or swimsuit models on their walls. I always had posters of surfers, you know, and I, surfing was one of those things that I always wanted. And, um, you know, I was never in Hawaii long enough to get good at it. And, you know, being someone who's sort of driven to be as proficient as possible at most of the things that I've tried to do, you know, I supplemented by snowboarding and by skateboarding and all these things when I was a kid but then got completely engrossed in the mountains and and that life to have let that part go. Well, when I went through this stage in life where now I recognize it as maybe a bit of PTSD from losing so many friends, you know, or it's funny that I say that ironically after talking about not, not having it not be such a loss, but having a, a number of my very, very, very dear friends, some of the dearest friends that I've ever made pass away jumping sometimes with me. When that happened, I started to unconsciously emotionally divest from other people. And, um, you know, I was getting pretty short and my, my bullshit tolerance was, was, you know, pretty sensitive. And I basically was, um, was feeling a bit frustrated when I didn't quite understand where those feelings were coming from. And now I think a lot of it came from that, just this like, you know, dealing with this, this train wreck of, of having so many friends die. And, you know, just to give whoever's listening a little bit of perspective, there were years where it was four to six a month. So we're talking about like good friends, people that I traveled with and that came to my home and like read to my daughter on their laps, they were dying sometimes two a week. And, um, you know, we go on trips to Switzerland and look, I'd look around in the bar and realize that not everybody in that bar was going to be alive at the end of that trip more or less the year. So it was, it was definitely a pretty wild time. And, um, I went to a double funeral for two friends who passed away in Yosemite and Dean Potter was one of them. And after that, that pretty intense experience in the Valley, I ended up heading to the coast just to get away from people and to whatever, just to sort of gather my thoughts a little bit. And on that trip, um, I ended up having coffee across the street from a surf shop and it just, the smell of the surf wax and all that stuff is as weird as it sounds. It brought me back to when I was a little kid mm. and, um, you know, walking through surf shops as a youngster in Hawaii. And, and then I went and walked on the beach and just looking out at the ocean. Um, I had had this incredible opportunity and experience to sail across the South Atlantic on a small boat with two other friends. We sailed from Cape town to Northern Brazil and that, that whole stretch of one or two years where this, this, experience of rediscovering the smells and the sort of the feel that I got from looking at this unbroken horizon, which was the Pacific. And then also getting to spend so much time with my thoughts at sea on that sailing trip made me realize how cathartic the ocean was and how much I missed it showed me how much I missed it. So we started to visit a very dear friend of mine on the Oregon coast. I've been coming here to fly hang gliders and paragliders for you know, since the early nineties really. And, uh, it was always been a special place for us, but we showed up here and spent quite a bit of time here on the coast and in the sort of, you know, Pacific Northwest rainforest that, that is the, the raw Oregon coast. And it was just like, it just felt like it was right, you know? And, um, and also God, this love for surfing, I, 
when I got to get in the ocean every single day and sort of reinvest in that, that art form, I just like, it, it just felt so, it felt like home, you know, it felt like coming home. So we ended up when my wife and my daughter, my daughter was a senior in high school. She was up for the adventure. My wife was looking to get out of Montana just because Missoula had grown so quickly. You know, mm-hmm. I think there was 35,000 people when we moved there. Now there's like 85,000. It was just time for us to, to have a little bit new of a new environment and, and to walk a different path. And we ended up here and, and I couldn't be happier I'm surfing every single day. And my partner, Kara is, is, um, neck deep in her her form of art which is pottery and my daughter's thriving and is just doing really really good here and yeah it's just it's been great we're growing veggies at the house and and i'm surfing in the ocean every day and doing a lot of spearfishing and yeah it's been great and how are you making choices about where to allocate your energies and time at this stage of life i let truth decide that for okay. me you know in other words if it's a project, especially if it's a project, like a film project or something, if it's a project that my daughter would be proud of, I'll, I'll do it. You know, right. like that's I'm, a great way to look into it. it. Or, or if it's something that means a lot to me, you know, like if it's a conservation project or a project that creates some awareness about climate change or these really important issues that I think need to be discussed and talked about and thought about, um, then I'm in, you know, but if it's just like, you know, certainly I'm not interested in any of these, like, like a, Hey, look at me project at all. And, um, you know, the, the projects, whether it be climbing a new route in the greater ranges or, uh, going on a surf trip or, or, you know, doing an expedition in paraglider or whatever, if they call to me, then I do them, you know, and if they don't call, then I, then I don't. And at some, at some level, there was a time in my life where I felt like I should. And now it's just whether or not I want to. And um, that's a pretty privileged place to be. Absolutely. So I definitely recognize that. But at the same time, I feel like at this stage, I get the most out of the things that I do if they mean a lot to me. And if they don't, then I don't really want to wish I was somewhere else, you know? So like climbing at one time, it was all about do, you know doing the thing, right? Like finishing the route, uh, getting doing the first ascent, like climbing something that's harder than I've ever climbed before. And now, you know, the, the guy sitting next to me is way more important than the summit making the seat, you know, sure. and my relationships with my partners in the mountains matter way more. And the experience that we have matters far more than whether or not, you know, I'm perceived as being successful or not. So yeah, I'm way more careful about who I choose to, to adventure with um, selective for sure. And, um, and I definitely am more selective about the projects that I want to do. And they're driven by, by very, very authentic sort of feelings about whether or not it's going to add something fulfilling and wonderful to my life. And if it's not, it's just about ambition or accomplishment, then usually I'm not, I'm not really into it. Right. Well, I'm tremendously grateful and I hope our listeners are that you chose to, uh, to say yes to this engagement. One of the real reasons I wanted to bring you to our listenership, uh, Jeff, was you know, how you've made these decisions uh, about life and consequence. And as we close, last question would be, you know, if some of the themes that we touched on today you know, speak to a listener, how would you advise them to kind of 
learn more about these things to, you know, that your approach to life. You, know, you mentioned Arthur Brooks. You've touched on some Stoic philosophy. What, can, what resources would you point people towards to, uh, to learn more about these topics? It's so funny. I, I mean, being fairly dr- driven, um, and I'm sure that, that a lot of the people listening are curious about, you know, life in their own unique ways and, and will be driven towards discovery that way. I've always found that whatever is like authentically interesting to you, you will do well at or learn at, you know, like as an example in school, I did poorly in subjects that I didn't care about. As soon as I cared a lot about what it was that I was doing, I was straight A's, you know, and I think that's applicable to the rest of life. So definitely the things that interest you are going to be the things that you care enough to, to really have the level of curiosity that's required to learn as much and to explore as much as you need to, to either become proficient or, or to learn more about and potentially drive you in a direction that you didn't even know that you were going to go. You know, it's like, that's the beauty of being process driven as opposed to goal driven is goals are good. It's great to have a goal, but be open to the idea that once you start walking towards that goal, there might be opportunities to learn things that you have no idea even exist. And unless you walked that direction in the first place, you know, I think that for us in this day and age, you know, we're, we're no longer in like the encyclopedia Britannica. We got, an unlimited amount of information at our fingertips through the internet and, and um, resources like podcasts. I've learned so much from different podcasts because you can actually hear, you know, the connotations in someone's voice and their excitement about something. And, and it always got me fired up to, um, to want more, to learn more, to experience more, you know? And so I would say if any subject interests somebody, it sounds so complicated to learn that new sport or to get educated towards a new job or to make these big life decisions that feel so big, but they're actually not. You just, the question is, is can I put my right foot in front of my left? And the answer is always yes. So just take that first step and continue until you learn the things that you want to learn with an open mind uh, to um, go in directions that you didn't know existed. And all of the best things that I've been able to experience kind of came from that, that mode or that process. So learn as much as you can be open-minded, be curious, stay curious, and, um, and then just do it. Don't, don't make excuses as to why it's too hard. Just ask yourself what that first step is and then just do that. And then the next step and then the next step. And, and eventually you'll, you'll find yourself in a place that you never could have imagined. Yeah, that is the best way and kind of the only way to do it. Jeff, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And um, we look forward to an update down the road. Yeah, cheers, Justin. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. And we're coming to you from Studio 49, a generous gift from UAM alums Michelle and Lauren Hansen. A New Angle is presented by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. With additional support from Consolidated Electrical Distributors, Drum Coffee, and Montana Public Radio. Keely Larson is our producer. VTO, Jeff Amet, and John Wicks made our music. Editing by Nick Mott, social media by AJ Williams, and Jeff Neese is our master of all things sound. Thanks a lot, and see you next time.